0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Mike Forrest wins the Jared Birmingham Bowl. Your biggest heartbreak. Jim Grobe is the coach of the year. Riley Skinner is the rookie of the year. And the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest are the Atlantic Coast Conference champions. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Touchdown, Wake Forest. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. Yo. I wanted to find a soundbite of Wes
2: Bryant so badly. Wes, (laughs) when I tell you that I looked for playing days Wes Bryant, any interview out there whatsoever, it's not like I put... You know, hours of research into it. Uh-huh. But I looked for a good, like, hour or so, trying I to find something. It, and I know
3: you did. They didn't put me on the mic off. because <laughs> they knew they were going to get all of the candor that you get now on the radio. That's so right. I was a the guy, they were like, We're not going to put him. Jim Grove said of a no, microphone. sir. Oh, yeah, we're not doing <laughs> that, man. Too much uh, off the field. And uh. he's like, Nah, this guy's get, uh, liable to say anything if mm-hmm. I put him in front of this MIC. But I'm in front of the MIC now. Yeah, okay. Now mic. And I get to say whatever I want, but we're going to. To talk about the Wake
2: Forest, mm-hmm. Demon Deacon. I'm sorry, Colin is shaking his head over there speaking for the station, but you can say a lot of what you want <laughs> now. I don't know if we say whatever you want.
3: Coming into this season, so Wake Forest, when we talk about their recent successes and failures and just how the program has been uh you're talking about a program that's won eight games in a season and 10 times in the 115 year history of the program but four of the 10 eight win seasons have come under dave clausen so he's got 40 percent of those to be exact they've been the seven straight bowl games which is a new school record and dave clausen is pretty good in said bowl games he's got five bowl victories the most in Wake Forest history now he's tied for fifth in the ACC history for postseason wins and overall the Demon Deacons are 11-6 in bowl games but uh, since the start of the 2016 season Wake Forest is tied for the second most wins in the ACC not counting the COVID shortened 2020 season and additionally they have the second most wins in a single five year period in the last thing i'll hit you with walker mail clemson and wake forest are the only football programs to rank inside of the top four in win totals over a two-year three-year four-year five-year six-year and seven-year period respectfully okay respectfully respect the demon Deacons. <laughs> well no i i think you can't help it if you go back and
2: look at what they've done since 2016, that was Dave Clawson's third year. I want to go back further to set us up for the recent success in okay. the West because you played for the guy that had them get to the ACC Championship and win it in 2006. I was looking at those highlights, by the way. Okay, better let's just say low lights. That game was absolutely <laughs> yeah, atrocious. Yeah, was,
3: I was at that game in person. It was
2: brutal. Mm-hmm. I could not find. Yeah, and, and it was not. I think was that. I don't know who was on the call. It might was it Nestler? Yeah, the they that? were. Yeah, so Nestler was on the call for that, Trying and he best. was not excited about <laughs> the end of that game. He did not give me an emphatic call, but I did want to go with Grobe because in 'oh six after the ACC championship, eleven and three that year, nine and four, eight and five, you have one bowl eligible season. You don't have another winning season until you get to Dave Clawson's third year. Man, Jim Grobe gets the axe after twenty thirteen, going
3: four and eight, and so this was a guy. Is it fair to say he's iconic with Wake Forest? Is that too much? Oh, no question about so, it. You bring an ACC football championship to Wake Forest, you are cemented. So I thought so. And they had to make the difficult decision after losing
2: season, after losing season, after losing season, to finally move on for Clausen, 3-9 and nine, his first two years. And then, you're totally right, Wes. I mean, Wake Forest has been one of the better football programs within the conference that you can absolutely set your watch to, that they are going to win at least seven games. They are going to get to a bowl game. More likely than not, they are going to win said bowl game. They're four and two in the six bowl games that they've been to under Dave Clawson. And it's just one of the better coaching jobs, in my opinion, in the entire country, to be honest with you, as far as just somebody that has stayed at their school. Now, if you want to get into some of the nuance that, well, if they do, if a coach does such a good job after your first three years, then somebody's going to come get you and coach at a bigger squad. But that hasn't happened with Dave Clawson. And it doesn't matter, Wes. You've got defensive talent. Mostly it's been for the offense. You've had very good quarterback play. Notre Dame wanted your guy last year in Sam Hartman. Georgia wanted your other guy in Jamie Newman. The Rams went to John Wofford. Everybody wants a QB that y'all got playing for y'all, and that's why I have zero problem saying, yeah, Mitch Griffiths is just going to pick up where he left off, because we have precedent. Wake Forest has earned the benefit of the doubt that they are going to have a winning season every single year they step onto the football field, and it all starts with Dave Clawson taking over and having a great year ever since 2016 concluded.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. And so when you look at it, it has been great quarterback play, and just the fact that he's kept continuity there, uh, a few coaches have come in and out of the program since he's been been there, But this is a guy that likes where he's at. He was known as a guy as a fixer. He came from Bowling Green. They said that was the reputation that he had. And to be frank, Wake Forest is looked at by a lot of people as a stepping stone program. Uh, you would think that a guy that comes in automatically once they start winning, you think, uh oh, the countdown is on before they go somewhere else. Coach Grove was the same way. I remember the Michigans, the Nebraskas, all of them came after him. He stayed where he is because, for coaches, I think one thing they like about Wake Forest, and I think Carlton's probably the same, even though he doesn't get content, they like the security of coaching at Wake Forest. If you get the Deeks to a bowl, that buys you a lot of time. Whereas in a lot of programs, they're going to be like, okay, yeah eight wins is cool but not good enough and I think that's the dilemma you face as a coach that's coming from a school like a wake forest its can I go here and eight wins is enough? Well, you step up and, and you leave Wake Forest and you go to an Auburn. And it's like, all right, you win eight games in the first season. Oh yeah, Coach, we love you. But then the next season that eight wins don't look so high. Eight or nine wins. And they'll get you out of there if you're not getting them to that double digit plateau winning championships in that Wake Forest, you will be a guy that can be there as long as you want to be, as long as you're winning games. And when you look at Coach Grove, I mean how many winning seasons or losing seasons, should I say, did he put up before he was fired he goes 5 and 7 3 and 9 6 and 7 5 and 7 4 and 8 before they let him go so that was 5 straight yeah. losing seasons yeah. before they decided to get rid of coach grove so i think winning buys you a ton of cachet more than it gets you at any other school, but Coach Carson has come in and done a spectacular job. We saw the CBS Sports uh, ACC coach ratings that had him second in the conference, and I just gave you the stat again to let you know uh, why he could be hailed, not necessarily in the same breath as a Dabo Sweeney, but a guy that you can throw right in there at number two, and I'll say it again. Clemson and Wake Forest are the only football programs to rank inside of the top four and win totals over two-year, three-year, four-year, five-year, six-year and seven-year period. So he's done a splendid job at Wake Forest.
2: So we have all this love for Dave Clawson, and I think he's one of the guys that everybody wants to point to and say he's the most underrated. And it gets to a point where if everybody is saying you're the most underrated, you're just not anymore. I mean, I think people respect what Dave Clawson has done at Wake Forest now, right? I think he gets an appropriate amount of respect. Can I tell you who is more underrated? Wes, can you tell me why nobody talks about Warren Ruggiero? Uh, we talk about so many different offensive coordinators within the ACC that come and go. And then even talk about some of those head coaches that came from a coordinator position. Manny Diaz comes to mind. But, of course, it doesn't work out at Miami. It's happened a couple of times. Man, this guy has been with Dave Clawson every step of the way. And if you look at the last six seasons, this offense has been as good as really any other conference or any other school that you can point to in the conference for at least a six five-year period it doesn't matter what quarterback i've already gone over that point time and time mm-hmm. again and yet when you talk about some of the finalists some of the nom- nominations that he's received he got one he was a Broyles award finalist in 2021 and that's about it, uh, it when we look we do the whole oh he's the most disrespected no oh, that guy's the most i think i'm looking at him man Like, I really do think it's Warren Ruggiero because you can go to any other place. You can go to any other place. They're going to get a job somewhere else. The head coach different coordinator we're going to be singing their praises but we really only we stop at head coach and quarterback at wake forest i don't know maybe maybe i'm not paying attention maybe it's deep within the heart of winston-salem that they're talking more about regiero but i'm here to break that open man i'm here to say no we need to start talking about him a lot more now going into his 10th season as one of the best OCs in the country
3: yeah and you talk about it too they finished the 2022 season averaging 36 points a game six consecutive seasons of averaging 30 or more points longest active streak and fourth longest in ACC history and this offense too the way they get it done too Walker is very unorthodox when you talk about that offense where they hang in there and put that ball in that running back's gut and hang on to that mesh until the very last second and you don't know what they're going to do and a lot of teams they look at it as an easy uh, uh, offense to stop until you have to play against it because it keeps the defense so uh, you have to be so disciplined playing against a a a a unit like this that does what they do to linebackers you got to sit there you don't know if that back's going to come popping out of there with that football or you don't know if the quarterback is going to take it out of his gut and find a guy down the field they've built it phenomenally when you talk about the wide receivers that they've had on the outside that have made some of the big plays you pick one whether you talk about atp they could soon be terrorizing the panthers i mean did i say that um maybe maybe (laughs) we'll see at least he didn't Wake for it yeah you talking about JaCoy rob roberson and they've had a lot of guys that have been among the acc leaders uh in receiving but it's a very unorthodox unit the only knock i have against it is that when you talk about when they play teams that have nfl caliber front fours I la the clemson tigers now this was the first season where we weren't sitting there saying are we going to be able to score at all mm-hmm. or are we going to get a cheap one late they actually put points on clemson this year but when you talk about about Wake, the only thing i would say about that offense is that when they do play against some of the teams that have the nfl caliber front force and that can stop that run and, and and eliminate that with four guys the offense tends to bog down a little bit more but other than that man they light people up well and, and my question is is that different from other schools
2: of wake forest stature that goes against some of those nfl caliber front fours? Mm-hmm. because i would venture to say probably not mm-hmm. when you're going up against a clemson you're going to have ridiculous playmakers all across the board. Clemson has become a powerhouse. No, no, they didn't. Used to be. And that's why it's clear that Dabo is the best coach in the ACC. But you're doing a pretty good job at Wake. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. And that's why you even bring up the wide receivers in A.T. Perry. It doesn't matter who you have there. You can just go to a what? When, when was Campanero there? I mean, was he there at the beginning? You've had some guys that have at least shown a little something. Campanero midway.
3: was with the end of Grove, if okay. I'm not mistaken.
2: But then you bring in a Surratt yes. from a few few years back yes. and then that turns into an a.t perry and i think what's interesting is these oh, guys aren't
3: scotty washington can't forget him too
2: yeah these guys aren't getting tons of nfl looks you know even a Surratt who was thinking about leaving early but hasn't really you know hasn't he got yeah well. he made a little
3: bit of a rough decision but scotty yeah. uh scotty washington i believe is still on the Bengals. uh practice squad and then uh, a t perry was a late round pick i thought he should have gone all right
2: so 704 is giving us all caps um on the text line and no i don't talk about him lying he's literally giving us capital (laughs) letters he said wake forest it's the best football program in the state of north carolina no (laughs) lies Tells no lies. So, I just
3: gave you the numbers and the and the data.
2: So no, I, I know I got uh, you know our Tar Heel Homer back at the
3: Planet Kia Studios
2: hitting the buzzer yeah. because North Carolina they
3: won an ACC football championship since 1980. But so, go ahead. No, this is I, I don't how I don't know how you argue it. Yeah. I
2: mean, right? Can't. I mean, I guess North Carolina beats Wake Forest sometimes. You know, I mean, I they do as far as as far as a 2016. <laughs> 2016 starting point, if you just go back to recent history, Wake has to be that team, and and NC State, NC State's the one, I can't, yeah, I mean, NC State might be the one. It would have to be between those two that you're pointing to.
3: Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I just gave you the facts and data on the wins. It's Clemson and Wake, and then you talk about the bowl game success, but yes, the Tar Heels do have uh, Wake's number, but in the overall scheme of things, as far as just who's been uh, winning the most, it's been Wake Forest.
2: All right, so as we start to look ahead for this Wake Forest team, this entire week, we have so much more Demon Deacon content Mm -hmm. coming your way. Is North Carolina a game that you circle this year, even without a Sam Hartman? Maybe the expectations aren't as big as they were last year. I know you always have North Carolina circled because you're not the biggest fan of the world. You've told mm-hmm. us a time or two. Yeah. But because of Wake Forest not being able to beat the Tar Heels, even mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter if it's a shootout. It doesn't matter if you put 50 points on the board. Sam Howell's going to put up 58. Yeah. Is that one that, all right, Wake Forest fans are kind of tired <laughs> of losing we need to win this one?
3: There's no question in football. <laughs> there's no one that Wake Forest's fan base hates more. Than the North Carolina Tar Heels, they get up for it. I remember when we played them and beat them. Yep, that they put extra seats in for that game. It's just, it's just, it's just a big one. And for the fans out there, I might just take some time out of my day and make an old West Brown highlight reel just to throw it up for Team Week. I, I just might do that. I everybody.
2: would love it. Did you did you throw some Tar Heel edge rushers down to the ground?
3: Yeah, I had a pretty good game against Wake. I mean, against uh, North Carolina, they did. Um, they had. I mean, Carolina always has good players. Yeah, who, we, who who would have been on that team? Um, I, they didn't down, have any headliners. Yeah. I, I feel like when we when we played against them, but Carolina always has solid players. See, I gave them a compliment. Yeah, you did. Yeah, good for you. All
0: right. <laughs>
4: Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken; they're true to chicken. The McCrispy, only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba.
1: It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Forrest wins the Jared Birmingham biggest heartbreaks. Jim Grobe is the coach of the year. Riley Skinner is the rookie of the year. And the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest are the Atlantic Coast Conference champions. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Touchdown, Wake Forest. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here.
3: I mean, this is just the gift that just keeps on giving, man. It's just, that music, it's so triumphant. It's so good. It's just, it just gets you ready, man. I'm sure people in their cars, let me know out there if you punch the steering wheel. <laughs> you just got extremely hyped when you hear that just ready for the season to begin. But this is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ, hit us up on said text line. Do you get extremely excited and hyped for college football when you hear that intro and Brad Nestler's voice, 704-570-9610? Hit that follow button on those socials. Check us out, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, trick shots. We're trying to do all that we can for you guys on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. Also, at Walker Mail at West Bryant underscore 72, and at htb underscore josh on those platforms as well
2: what i wanted to ask is how do we like the transition into the woo afterwards because yeah you might want to run through a brick wall does this thing have a nice escalator effect calming down because if you're in your car i don't want you punching anything out i don't want you punching <laughs> the window out i don't want you getting so jacked up that you swerve off of the road and so we're trying to take care of you and hype you up as well but yeah i'm glad that everybody is a, a fan of the T of fitty he said, Walker, this is the best thing you've ever produced. And what's great about that is he says that after everything I produce, which makes me feel really good.
3: Right. I think that um the escalator effect, it is good. But, I mean, if you're a Wu fan, I think this does keep you excited Yeah, no, even maybe, when you hear this.
2: Maybe, you know, there's only some people that I'm saving. Panther Bo, we said goosebumps. Uh, Jack said, I don't get excited about college football until I hear Lee Corso say, not so fast. Well, all right, I apologize. I don't think I'll be able to uh, give you the same type of effect Lee Corso does.
3: All right, well, it is team week. We are talking about the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, and today we talk About the offense and Wake Forest has been adept at that. When you talk about over the years, especially this Clawson era, they really put the points on the board. In 2022, Wake Forest's 469 total points was second in the history of the program. They finished the season averaging 36 points a game. It was his sixth consecutive season of averaging 30 or more points a game. Longest active streak. In the conference, and the fourth longest in ACC history. Entering the 2022 season, they were the only program in the ACC to average at least 30 points in each of the last five seasons. And so, also, when you talk about this, from 2017 to 2021, they produced their four highest scoring seasons in school history, with each club scoring more than the next. And the Deeks like to get it done through the air. Because since the start of the 2017 season, Wake's 185 touchdown passes are the most of any school in the ACC. And that also ranks tied for seventh nationally during that span. So, Walker, offense isn't the problem in Winston-Salem. When you look at the Sam Hartman era in recent history, you talk about key turnovers that hurt them in some games, like when we were talking about last year against North Carolina. Offensive explosion, key turnover late, hurt the Demon Deeks chance. Then you look at the Clemson game last year, down six, chance to go up, fourth down, and Sam Hartman throws into double coverage, and Clemson gets the win. And it was their best offensive outing in, in some time versus the Clemson Tigers because they normally shut down Wake Forest on a consistent basis. But what are you looking at this season when you talk about Wake Forest and that offense continuing to Light up the scoreboard Well before I get started I wanted to
2: ask you A question real quick Okay What's the biggest win In the Sam Hartman era
3: Woo uh, He had the road win No he had the win At home against NC State I believe Two years ago When he beat Devin Leary and them That was a big game uh, To me that was His signature win uh, In the program When they had that Very high scoring affair Night game At Winston-Salem That was a huge game For him Everybody was counting On the digs to get that one done just as far as this is their moment to kind of have a signature win so i would say that one so i guess my point is it's going to be
2: tough to fill the shoes that sam hartman left behind but there is some wiggle room if you get a monster win which yeah of course if you get a monster win it's just easy and as that done okay mitch griffiths can take over but You didn't have the Clemson victory. You didn't have the top-notch, top-of-the-ACC type of victory, and it's something that you were critical of Sam Hartman. I know you liked him quite a bit. He put up a ton of numbers, clearly a really talented quarterback, but there is some wiggle room. For Mitch Griffiths to do something that Sam Hartman did not. And nobody's blaming Hartman for that loss against Clemson. I mean, you put that many points up, you go in a shootout. Maybe you are at the end. <laughs> go ahead, Wes. Talk your talk. Yeah, I just didn't
3: understand that decision making at the end of the game for him to throw it in a double coverage like that. I
2: That's mean, fair, but for the most part, was ooh. pretty damn good putting up points. He, he,
3: did, he did. And then even
2: North Carolina, you talk about that, what, 58 55 victory against North Carolina, or North Carolina had over Wake. That was two years ago. Sam Howell at the helm so there were some offensive outpours even if you didn't have that big victory defense is clearly the thing that needs to improve it just continues to move on that I feel totally comfortable with Mitch Griffiths taking over in fact Wes if you want to go to any game he appeared in whether he threw three attempts or whether he had three attempts passing or 29 like he had early in the season against VMI dude threw a touchdown pass It didn't matter. Any game he appeared in, he was going to throw a touchdown pass against VMI, Virginia Military Institute. Because remember Sam Hartman had some off-the-field stuff that he was dealing with? Sure. And I thought maybe Mitch Griffiths was going to take over for a couple of those games. Hartman comes back a little sooner than expected, certainly given the narrative surrounding him at that time. But against VMI, 288 yards, 21 of 29 passing, three touchdowns, and zero picks. Only threw a few against Army, but had a touchdown pass, was two of three, and looked good in that in that uh, outing, I should say, 21 yards total, and then six of nine against Louisville. Yeah, it was in a loss, but had one touchdown pass, did have one interception as well. Mitch Griffiths has at least some experience. Now you're talking about some guys changing roles. You have your center that has his sixth year of eligibility that he's playing with right now. He's going to be moving to guard. You have some new running backs, but you have one that has 300 carries. So I think there's enough carryover, Wes, West to help Mitch Griffiths take over as the new starting QB, there's going to be some changes for sure, but I think there's enough, and I believe in him as a player enough, to
3: where I think the offense is maybe not going to be as good as last year, but going to be totally fine. Uh, I definitely think this offense has a chance to be really good, and so when you talk about the skill talent that they have, i put Wake's receivers up against uh, pretty much anybody. Even without Perry? Yeah, no doubt, because uh, Donovan Green, that's a name a lot of people are going to get to know. He's been bubbling for a while, just making big play um you know after big play but the numbers he's had to sit behind some guys had some injuries as well but this is one of the big play receivers in the league you talk about jamal banks Uh, Banks is a guy that was one of the ACC leaders in touchdowns last year. And speaking of Donovan Green, just going back to that quickly, averaged 17.4 per catch last season, six touchdowns for him. Jamal Banks had nine touchdowns receiving. Taylor Morin had nine touchdowns receiving as well. And so uh, this is a group two. Keyshawn Williams was rated very favorably by Pro Football Focus as far as one of the better slot receivers. Uh, in the country and they also have a kid look out for Wesley Grimes in the spring game this is a 6-4 yak receiver we know that the A.T. Perry's and the Scotty Washingtons of the world at Wake Forest were 50-50 ball guys primarily but this guy Wesley Grimes can catch and run so I think that Mitch Griffiths is in to have a very gaudy season when you talk about statistically and then they just got to find that run game but Justice Ellison Very quietly, had 700 yards and six touchdowns rushing uh, last season as well. And so you like what you see there. And then Will Towns is a guy also, when you look at uh, in the spring game, he breaks off an an 80-yard touchdown run, looks to be a big play threat. So uh, Wake Forest, offensively, I think it's going to be looking pretty good.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of a nice mix, right? Some old and some new. It it might be just what you want for a new QB taking over. And some of those names that you mentioned, Donovan Green, Jamal Banks, a couple of wide receivers that Mitch Griffiths will be throwing to, they combined for almost 1,300 yards and 15 touchdowns just last year. So you're probably right, Wes. I know A.T. Perry, big-time producer, maybe you're talking about the guy stretching the field, not being there as much, but one of these guys can – step up and perhaps play that role. You also mentioned Justice Ellison had 307 career carries, but... There's not another running back on the roster that has more than 14. And so you do have some guys that can help you. It just, it it seems like this is exactly what you want from a program, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be able to keep everybody forever unless you're Sam Hartman and you'd stay in college football <laughs> for eight years. <laughs> yeah. Like people are joking on the text line, but even Sam Hartman's of the world, even they leave your college football program. So if that happens, then you want the ability to replenish. And it looks like, You're having a nice mix of guys that contribute, maybe can break out into stardom or ACC stardom in their season when it's their time to shine. That's why I totally agree with you with this group. Very excited to see what Wake Forest is going to do. And I wanted to leave you with this question for an offensive lineman. Hey. How have you felt about their offensive line the last couple of years? And what do you expect from them this upcoming season, the line protecting four new quarterback, Mitch Griffiths?
3: Well, I mean, you just talk about the proof has been in the pudding with all the numbers that they put up. Wake Forest has had an offensive line that has held up. And when you look at uh, the sacks against last season, now they did rank Uh, In the bottom tier of that, they gave up 38 of those, 2.9 per game. So you do want to see the pass rush or the pass protection get a little bit better in those regards. But you can't really argue too much with a team that's putting up the numbers that they are. And, I mean, you look at Wake Forest uh, offensively from a yardage standpoint. And these guys were third in the conference last year, 442 yards per game. They averaged uh, almost six yards per play. And so this is a crew that, like I said, they do a good enough job to be able to have uh, one of the best offenses in the country, especially when you talk about it can get a little bit predictable at times as far as just that scheme. You know, they're going to hang on to the mesh for a long time and then you got to guess from there. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a solid group. You do have
2: one offensive lineman that I was mentioning that is going to change from center to guard. Six-year center Michael Jurgens is going to be moving on the offensive line, but that's good. You wouldn't ask him to change if you didn't have somebody else that is ready to take that next step in place of Jurgens, who is moving over on the offensive line. So that is going to bring some talent. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Like, I've talked to you about Warren Ruggiero, somebody that I think should be more celebrated. And so Wake, it's all about the defense, which, of course, we're going to dive a little bit deeper in tomorrow to see if Wake can be bowl eligible once again and just what their ceiling can be post-Sam Hartman era.
3: Yeah, man. So hopefully uh, Wake Forrest again, I did pick them eighth. Hey, in my preseason poll, but that's just because of the defense and I'm not sure what we're going to get there. But I think offensively, they're still going to be up there with the top teams in the conference when you talk about points per game.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Wake Forest wins the Jarrett Birmingham Bowl. And your biggest heartbreak. Jim Grobe is the coach of the year. Riley Skinner is the rookie of the year. And the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest are the Atlantic Coast Conference champions. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Touchdown, Wake Forest. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here.
3: The gift that keeps on giving is that intro. Here we go, folks. This is the West and Walker Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And it is team week. Continuing on with the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, and we're going to talk about the defense. This is one of the units that definitely has kept Wake from maybe some of the greatness they could have reached, I would say, because Wake has had to win a lot of shootouts, quite frankly, because the defense has given up a lot of points. And in 2022, this unit was 11th in the ACC in scoring defense, giving up around 28 points per game. 12th in pass efficiency defense Only mustering 7 interceptions Was tied for 12th in the league They were 10th in turnover marching Which is usually a Wake Forest staple They forced 29 turnovers in 2021 And only 16 turnovers they forced last year They had a 4 game stretch In which the defense failed to force any of those They were 11th in opponent first down. So this is a unit that definitely needs to get this thing together in 2023 if they really want to make some noise in the ACC. We talked about the offense and how great they have been as far as scoring in prolific fashion year after year, especially under coach Rogero. So Walker, do you think that this is the year with only four returning starters on that side of the ball, that this Wake defense can show some improvement and kind of be at least in the same world as the offense. This
2: was, this is one of those situations where even if you don't have a lot of returnees, the returnees that would come anyway were coming from a bad situation last year Mm -hmm. it's not like that was a great defense it's not like you want all those guys back helping you out if they weren't fantastic players they went from forcing the 29 turnovers in 2021 you were talking about to only creating 16 last year and i think wake forest brad lambert defensive coordinator they feel they need to generate more pressure So now you're looking at somebody like Jashin Davis. He's a fourth-year DE, speed rush kind of guy that is poised to become perhaps the next big thing on that defensive line, maybe giving you a Duke four type of production. That would be great to see if he was able to do that this year. And that's really going to help on the back end because Kalen Carson has all ACC potential at cornerback, but he missed five games last season because of an injury. You also have some really nice safety depth. Wes, if you can get any kind of pass rush, I don't think it's this monster gap that they have to make up, right? Can you just get better at generating pressure and then let your talented secondary do the rest of the work? Okay, Cover You you can maybe get some coverage sacks so they can really help the defensive line a little bit more so. That's going to be the recipe for success. And I like Brad Lambert as a defensive coordinator. I I do. I think he did a good job building a foundation of this defense right before he left Charlotte and then moving on. I believe he made a stop at Purdue and then went back to Wake Forest after he spent some time there before. So what do you think about Brad Lambert and what he can do with this defensive side of the ball?
3: Well, you look at what he's done and obviously last year wasn't his best work there, but he's still had some pretty solid seasons in Winston-Salem. He's produced some award-winning defensive players, so you know the development is there, but he did continue a stretch last season of teams that he has fielded, defenses that he has fielded with 30-plus sacks and 85-plus tackles for loss three times in four seasons. He's done that. He had Kobe Turner, Rondell Bothroy, Ryan Sminder, and Jasheen Davis. They all earned all ACC honors, so Uh, He's been able to coach these guys To be able to be productive In some facet And then in his prior stint He had 5 winning seasons in his 10 years Of course being on that coaching staff In 2006 that won the ACC Championship And produced Aaron Curry A Buckus Award winner Also Alfonso Smith uh, Who's the ACC's all time leader In interception So uh, this is a guy that I think this is going to be a key year for him Definitely he's going to have to bounce back there are so many areas uh, that they need to improve upon it uh, amongst all the ones that I mentioned as well. You add on to that, too. You know, 11th in the ACC and third down conversion defense. That's so key. You have to be able to get off of the field. But they've also got some help coming from the transfer portal. Uh, you mentioned some of the other key starters coming back. But Chase Jones is going to be big for them. He was second on the team in tackles. He had 74 of those. Malik Mustafa is the guy. Got to get him to stay healthy. He's out of Weddington High School. He's a local kid kid but he is a really good player dynamite in a small package uh he is talk about shaylen Garnes at safety as well you talked about that safety depth but coming from villanova 6'2, 280 pounds on the interior of that defensive line bryce ganias i think that's how you pronounce his name but he had 58 tackles four sacks and 10 tfls over the last two seasons and the next great wake linebacker just might be jacob roberts coming out of north carolina AT. and From the transfer portal, this guy is a monster, okay? He had over, he had 218 tackles, nine and a half sacks, 29 and a half tackles for loss at North Carolina A&T. So this looks to be a guy that you can pair with Chase Jones, and he's definitely going to help show up that defense right away. So Wake, they can get to the quarterback. They were top seven, at least in the ACC in that. But then you get a guy like Jacob Roberts coming in. You get the transfer, Ganeas, from Villanova. Hopefully he can replace and be almost as productive as Kobe Turner was because Kobe Turner was a third-round pick. Of the L.A. Rams out of Wake Forest So hopefully they've got some pieces there That they can build on And some of these new guys step in And can become superstars Because that's going to be the key Especially in a conference with the quarterback talent That the ACC has You're going to have to have a defense That can at least at a minimum be opportunistic That's what you want to look for If you can't have a defense That can get stops consistently like a Clemson You at least want to have a defense That can be opportunistic And that's what Wake's was The year they went to the ACC championship Just a couple years Ago where they lost to Kenny Pickett and Pitt.
2: You threw a lot of players out. You talked about the linebacker spot. That's what I want to focus on because you already brought up Jacob Roberts with that transfer coming in from NCANT. Mm-hmm. I bring up Brad Lambert, how much faith I have in him defensively, but they also have Glenn Spencer when he built that coaching staff in Charlotte what Brad Lambert did his last season that's the guy that I look to and remember what he was able to force with Jawan Foggy who was a hybrid type of guy I think had five interceptions that season you had some talent on that side of the ball like hello Alex Highsmith who just got paid as one of the best edge rushers in all of football Glenn Spencer did a great job putting those guys at the right spot so I guarantee you Lambert is listening to Glenn Spencer and how they want to call the defense now you're talking about some actual talent, whether it be at linebacker and forcing takeaways, having guys that can go all over the field, not just get into the backfield, but also work in coverage, whether it be a tight end or whether it be somebody coming over the middle in a zone type of package. Love what Glenn Spencer and Brad Lambert can do on the defensive side, especially with some more talent coming in. If we want to roll in with just one more Brad Lambert quote, he talked about one of the guys that stood out so far, Wes. Mm -hmm. He said this, quote, probably the guy on the back end who's helping us the most right now is Deshaun Jones. The last four games last year really came on for us and we're playing well this spring. We're trying to build depth at defensive tackle, trying to build depth at corner. We have two guys there who we believe can really play in Deshaun and Kalen Carson. Behind that, that's where we're building some depth with younger players. That's going to be the key. So if you have two corners that you believe in, We just talked about Carson potentially being all ACC. If Brad Lambert is telling you Deshaun Jones is the guy helping him most, and you have Carson on the other side, now you're talking about some of these transfers coming in and generating more pressure defensive line-wise. Wes, I'm a believer. I'm trying to figure out the unit that we break down with some of these teams throughout team week. And this is the first Power 5 unit we've had, but I've been pretty optimistic with most of them. I'm trying not to be Homer for every college football uh-huh. program in the Carolinas, but I do. I have some optimism with some of these units that we've dissected, whether it be offense or defense. And I'm the same way with this defensive side of the ball. When it comes to wake Forest. I believe in the coaching staff that's there. I know them a lot better than I know other coaching staffs that we've dissected. But also if you have some of the talent that's coming in, we know Dave Clawson certainly is someone that you can depend on. I think that this is going to be a defensive unit that finally catches up or gets caught closer to the offensive unit maybe gets back to creating turnovers even if they're just average at that like you mentioned Wake Forest is going to be a tough out every single week just like they've always been.
3: Well, especially too I know we go and pick the schedule later in the week, but when you look at it from a defensive perspective, they get some tune-ups to start the year. When you talk about Elon, they'll play Vanderbilt, which obviously SEC team, but we're not talking Alabama here. Oh, Dominion and Georgia Tech before you have to go to Clemson, but then hopefully they'll be rounding into shape by the time that back half of that schedule because you got to face Jordan Travis. You have to chase, uh, you have to to go up against Riley Leonard you have to go up against Brennan Armstrong and oh yeah a familiar face Sam Hartman also will be on that schedule as well late in the season and then you close out with Garrett Schrader and the Syracuse Orange so this defense is definitely going to have to get into shape because uh they're going to be tested especially late in the season when you could be looking for bowl wins and your defense is going to have to be at their best going up against some of the more premium quarterbacks in the league. Can I give you an X factor?
2: Okay. If we're going to look at the defensive line, if creating pressure is the biggest thing you need this defense to do, can I give you a Kendron Wayman as the guy that's going to be the X factor? Brad Lambert talked about how he, along with Jasheen Davis, are going to be keys, but what they want to do is get Jasheen Davis in a bunch of one-on-one situations. It's important that we use him. This is from Brad Lambert again. Quote, it's important we use... Uh, Jasheen Davis and put him in as many good positions as possible. We don't want to tie him down in double team situations because we want him one-on-one as much as we possibly can. So if you worry a little bit about Kendron Wayman on the other side and you can't focus just on Davis on the other, I think that's going to be a monster, monster production level for him if he's able to prove to be effective this upcoming
3: season. Yeah, Jasheen Davis is going to be a guy though. hopefully he can take it up another level as well yeah. because that's going to help. He had seven sacks last year, 14 times us the laws man you would ideally like to see that sack number double but you at least want to see him get into the double digit range and then get those tackles for loss up just a little bit more and 14 is well. already a good place to start 14 is a great place to start and so this is a Wake Forest team I remember somebody asked me uh, a couple years ago we were talking about Clemson and Wake Forest and that's when Wake had Boogie Bash and it ended up being a second round pick of I the I forgot Buffalo about Bills. Boogie yeah. yeah and so you talk about the difference between the teams I said Wake gets a Boogie Bash and once every five, ten years. I said Clemson has eight of those guys, eight or nine of those. And so that's the thing you always worry about with Wake. When we do get a good pass rusher, like a Jashin Davis, do they have a guy on the other side to help him out? And so Kendrick Wayman, that's going to be where his number's called, and so hopefully he can step up and give Wake a guy on the other side that teams have to worry about as well.
2: B-Money wrote in on the text line, Walker, your homerism is giving me Chris McLean vibes, crying (laughs) face emojis. I'm not, this is who I am. I am trying to be objective going in and then react to the information that I come across, and I feel good about Wake Forest defense. we got a lot of Power 5 schools to go to, though. So I, who knows? Maybe I'm not as happy or as confident as some of these other units that we're going to dissect in future t-
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
1: the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. Wake Forest wins the Jarrett Birmingham Bowl. And your biggest heartbreak. Jim Grobe is the coach of the year, Riley Skinner is the rookie of the year, and the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest are the Atlantic Coast Conference champions. It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. Touchdown, Wake Forest. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here.
3: All right, Walker, has been team week all week. We've been talking the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, a team that is coming in with a lot of changes on each side of the football. Mitch Griffiths is going to lead the offense, and they've got Jasheen Davis and crew over there on the defensive side. We've gone through each... Of those units So now it's time To go down the schedule And let's break it down And we're going to do it Like you like to do it In these I guess you could say Thirds Because they play 12 games We break it down Four games at a time They start the season Very favorably As Wake Forest often does I sure do wish As a Wake Forest fan We would get a Little bit better Non-conference slate Somebody I mean give me a low level Pac-12 SEC team Something I mean, the last really good non-conference game that they played that I can think of, I, re- I mean Notre Dame doesn't count because they're partners with the ACC, so they're gonna come in anyway. But hell, man, I gotta think back to Stanford when they play Andrew Luck and the crew.
2: I can't tell you anything more significant than that game. So
3: yeah, I mean, right. did you did you see the one when they went to Stanford? <laughs> Was, oh, it a bad, was it bad? Oh, my you tell Lord. Me, it was awful because Stanford got mad. We had beaten them the previous season, and they got mad because Wake Forest made them play a 12 o'clock game coming from the West Coast. So they brought Wake over to play a night game on the West Coast, and it was awful <laughs> start to finish.
2: What what What's the best or worst non-conference game that you ever played in your college career? Uh. You play anybody
3: big at Wake Forest? Yeah, Nebraska. Oh, okay. Yeah, you did tell us Yeah, about we that. played at Nebraska. Um, it was it was a decent game. It was a lot of fun to get to play in one of the historic venues in college football. But I would say that was probably the biggest uh, non-conference game we played in. We played Purdue at home, Okay. Uh, too. We played them as well. Back when they had Stuart Schweigert at safety, he was pretty good. He wow. played for the Raiders. Uh, We lost that game on a fourth and one. That would have been like a Sean
2: Phillips era Purdue. I believe he was on the other side. He would have been close, at least. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I definitely found out the difference
3: between Big 12 football and ACC football, though, that day.
2: Yeah, Purdue, they were good. They were coming off of a Rose Bowl not too long after that. I think they had just gone. Drew Brees was the quarterback. A little bit different than Elon and Old Dominion (laughs) to open (laughs) up the season.
3: Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, those linemen fired off the ball a little bit different than uh, the ACC guys. You could tell they ran the ball a lot. But, uh, I'm going to go with Wake opening the season 3-1 and one down the stretch. As I said, very advantageous start to the season. Elon, victory. Vanderbilt, they always whoop up on Vandy. They did it last year. I don't see much changing. Old Dominion, that'll be a massive blowout. And then uh, Georgia Tech. Now, I gave Wake the L right here just yeah. because of history. Uh, we don't beat Georgia Tech very often. It seems like they just have Wake's number for whatever reason. I did not beat them. Uh, I can't remember the last time that the Deeks beat the old Yellow Jackets, so what say you?
2: Yeah, I'm going to have them going 4-0. and I think they get off to a great start for the season. They move into October because those four games are the only games they have in September. They actually have a bye week right after that, so they'll skip one, and then they'll play on the road against Clemson to really start their schedule. The lone ACC game to start it off against Georgia Tech, bye, come back, play Clemson in Death Valley, back-to-back road games, Death Valley and Lane Stadium, two of the top five stadiums in the ACC, according to Fiddy after the Fiddy favorites list yesterday. Elon, Old Dominion, I don't think any conversation there. Vanderbilt, a little interesting, but their defense has not been good the last couple of years. I expect Wake to get the job done. Georgia Tech, that was the dicier decision because Brent Key did take over and had them playing 500 football. Big-time victory over North Carolina that turmoiled their season as they tried to close it out favorably but did not happen after the josh downs drop four and oh a little bit more in on the beginning of the season than you are for your demon deacons here wes
3: yeah all right so now when we look at the (laughs) next four games clemson virginia tech Pitt, and florida state this when it starts to get a little bit funky Mm -hmm. okay uh i'm gonna go with clemson i mean lord we came so close last season Uh, I think this could be one of those better-than-you-think type of football games. But at Death Valley, just haven't fared well very often. I would love for Wake to get the lick back right there. Just not sure, though. I'm going to go with Wake to take the L at Clemson. Virginia Tech is another team that's been a bugaboo. uh, I mean, that's been very tough for Wake Forest to beat. And so, uh, but I'm going to go with Wake. I'm going to have faith in them to get the win there. Pittsburgh... Pitt is tough; they always are defensively. Uh, gonna get them at home for a change, yeah. but I'm gonna go with the L, and then I'm gonna go with the upset of the Seminoles. Uh, we've been beating oh, up on Florida course, State yeah. for a while. The Florida State hate it shows as well <laughs> as the Wake Forest love. Well, listen, we've been beating up on Florida State for a while. You have. So, oh well, Wake uh, has. Yes, uh, yeah, I Wake gotcha. Forest has definitely been. Uh, Doing that thing against the Seminoles, went into Tallahassee and beat them last year. So I'm going to go with uh, Wake to get an upset right there.
2: All right, I'm going to go with status quo. I do not have them beating Florida State, but I do have them beating Pittsburgh in this section that is really tough. You're talking about on the road, Clemson, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Florida State to finish out this little section. I'm going to have them lose to Clemson, not going to have them pulling up uh, off the upset. It does help them for sure that they're going to get the bye before they go to Clemson. At the same time, not going to help them enough to get that victory. I have them beating Virginia Tech. I just want to see it from the Hokies before start to buy into them at all like they still have a lot and it's not even their it's not even brent Pry's fault it's just that they still have a lot to go in order to get back to any semblance of virginia tech football as we knew it under frank beamer Give me Wake Forest to win that one. I think they win two in a row. Pittsburgh, never a program to be slept on. Well, I'm sleeping on them, at least in the preseason when it comes to this specific game. Wake Forest becomes bowl eligible in the first two-thirds of the season by beating Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh back-to-back. I do have them dropping both of the big-time games they have. L's to Florida State and Clemson, but wins against Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh. I have them 6-2 at this point in the season, Wes.
3: Okay, all right, well, the bottom four games when you're talking about Duke, NC State, Notre Dame, and Syracuse. That's another tough little quadrant of games to end the year. You know what I think about the Duke Blue Devils. So, of course, uh, even though I could be banned from Wake Forest for this, but I like to get on the radio and tell it like it is. So, I'm going to go with Duke to beat Wake at home. I think they're the better team this season. NC State at home. I'm going to go with the Deeks to get the win there. All right. Notre Dame against Sam Hartman and the crew on the road. If this game was at Winston, I, uh, in Winston, I probably would pick Wake to get an upset there. But I'm going to go with Notre Dame to win a close one at home. And then I'll go with Syracuse to lose to the Demon Deacons. And they finish 7th and five. right, Wake Forest
2: finishing seven and five. That is kind of a Wake Forest type of season you might expect after what they were able to do the last couple of seasons. Yeah, this one's tough too and I think by far the hardest part of the schedule for me to figure out. So on the road against Duke, if I've been mostly alongside you with your prediction about the Blue Devils, then i'm gonna have to go with the blue devils winning at home against wake yeah because if if we're high on duke west and you lose this type of game at home i think that says a lot about you sure. as a football team i think i'm gonna go with the blue devils to win that one so that would have the wake forest demon deacons at this point with three games left i would have them at six and three i think they lose to nc state as well this might get a little ugly for These wake some forest. tough
3: games man. So,
2: so think about this four game stretch it doesn't coincide with the thirds that we've been dividing it into Florida State on the road against Duke, NC State on the road against Notre Dame. Yeah. Even the the last half of the season, it's a gauntlet. Like, Mm -hmm. you got to get bowl eligible in the first two-thirds of the season. That's why they put the
3: Elon Vanderbilt ODU at the beginning to get you halfway home. So get six (laughs) wins and then everything else,
2: I don't want to call it gravy because Wake Forest, they've had enough expectations and they've delivered on those to where you want seven, eight-win seasons, you want comfortable bowl seasons. I have them losing to Duke. I have them losing to NC State. Oh! I got them beating Notre Dame. Okay. All right. (laughs) Hey, Marcus Freeman, right? You love Marcus Freeman. You hate Marcus Freeman. Tell us what you think about it. If
3: we get that win, Marcus Freeman might bite the dust if the Deeks come in and get the victory.
2: Talk to me, Fitty. You're telling me they're going to lose to Duke. Mm -hmm. They're going to lose to NC State. That's right. But they're going to travel up to football royalty. Oh, is it? Is it football royalty still? And beat Notre Dame. Marshall did it last year. And Marshall City. Marshall did. If if Marshall can do it, then I think Wake Forest, the team that knows more about Sam Hartman than anybody, that does have a lot of pieces coming over on the defensive side of the football, mm. I think Wake Forest is going to pull up this uh, pull off this upset. I would just think if you got enough comps, they can go to South Bend and beat Notre Dame. They should be able to beat the likes of Duke and NC State. Well, you know college football is also a very weird sport. I And that there are going to be upsets, and there are going to be things that happen outside of your expectation. And so that's why, for me, if—think about this, right? You can agree with Wes that Sam Hartman has not lived up to the big-time contest, right? That yeah. anytime that you have big time matchups, monster storylines, has Sam Hartman lived up to the billing? More often than not, no. This is a game that's going to take place on NBC, against his former team, against a coach that knows all about him, and the defense that knows all about him, and this is going to carry a lot of cachet outside of just normal conference games. Yeah. If he doesn't deliver like we've seen him before then I could absolutely see Wake Forest pull off what is the upset, especially if you have any belief in Mitch Griffiths. Can he go toe-to-toe with Sam Hartman? That would be fascinating. Uh, give and you Wake know, he's, I chomping at, about you know it. he's chomping at the bit for that matchup. Um, Give me two wins to end the season. Okay. Eight wins for Wake Forest. I'm okay. feeling the Demon Deacons here, Wes. I, I Look, hey, don't worry, Demon Deacons fans. I know Wes is hating on you at 7-5. <laughs> Give
3: me an 8-4 record. I'm the true Demon Deacon seven and in 7-5 and we win our bow game, so I'll have us finishing at 8-5. and five.
2: I got you finishing nine wins. You can't catch me. Oh, if I got him upsetting Notre okay. day, I, yeah. <laughs> it's a tough stretch, but Wake Forest, I believe a lot. What
3: up. do you think is the most critical game on that schedule, though?
2: Yeah, it's tough. So again, as we kind of look at the first half and the second half, Pittsburgh, Florida State, Duke, mm-hmm. NC State, Notre Dame, Syracuse. Syracuse is the worst football team that you're going to be facing, and they still have a guy like Garrett Schrader who can also upset some squads out there. No question. Dino about Babers.
3: It. If you can compete with Clemson every single year, then they'll get you if you're and underestimating them. And they could be battling that. for a bowl spot or trying to solidify their bowl spot.
2: I think. Pittsburgh is the game I'm looking at. Okay. That's a good that's a good matchup. Cuz that sets the tone for the second half. And if you lose to Clemson and you have Florida State right off of the bat after the Pittsburgh game, then you could be talking about, I mean, four or five losses in a row. That would be a dark time for a football season. <laughs> yeah, so give me give me the Pittsburgh game. Uh,
3: I'm looking I'm at, at Tech. I'm going to go one game before that. As I said, Virginia Tech has always been a tough, tough matchup. Yeah. Last time they went up there, Bud Foster's last home game, Sage Surratt gets hurt, should have won that game but lost. So to go up to Lane, you got to get that Virginia Tech's a program. I picked a finish near the bottom of the league. You can't go up there to Lane and lose that game. So I'm looking at that one uh, because, like I said, you're going to be coming off the heels of Clemson and Georgia Tech. I think you, you know, I have them losing both of those contests. Hopefully they beat Georgia Tech, though. That's a game they should win as well. But, but you I think had him losing in this. I did. But uh, just because of history, and we just can't ever seem to beat Georgia Tech. But Virginia Tech, though, is the game that I look at. They need to get that one, as you said, because, in my opinion, that sets the game, uh, sets the tone for the rest of the schedule as well.